Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Trinity Episcopal Pocatello podcast. Peace be with you. This Advent sermon addresses passages from Isaiah, Romans, and Matthew, passages where messengers of God impart great tasks. In much the same way, Father Don continues to challenge us to go into the world, find our calling, and follow it. Here is his homily, Advent, the time of Emmanuel, God with us. How will you respond? In the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. As many of you know, the homilist, the person preparing the sermon, does not select the lessons upon which the sermon, the homily, is to be based. Rather, the Old Testament epistle and gospel lessons are drawn from the Episcopal edition of the Revised Common Lectionary. This lectionary gives us the specific scripture lessons, the pericopes, to be read on Sundays and holy days, such as Easter and Christmas Eve. The lectionary is called Common because it's the work of an ecumenical group composed of the Roman Catholic Church and 16 other Protestant churches, including the Episcopal Church. In these 17 churches on any given Sunday, you will hear the same lessons read and preached by the preacher, although, as you can imagine, preached very differently. You know, there have been some Sundays when I wish there was another choice of lessons because not all scripture is easy to understand or comfortable to preach. As many of you also know, the lectionary is arranged in a three-year cycle with year A following the Gospel of Matthew, year B, the Gospel of Mark, and year C, the Gospel of Luke. John's Gospel is featured as is appropriate on various Sundays and other holy days. In our church calendar year, which begins with Advent, from Advent through Pentecost, the Old Testament lesson and the epistle have been selected as lessons which are to complement the gospel lesson. Now, I must tell you, in the 24 plus years that I've been preparing sermons based on the revised common lectionary, the connection among the three lessons has not always been immediately clear or ever obvious. For me, today's lessons are a good example of a less than clear connection or theme among our readings. Now, the Old Testament from Isaiah and the Gospel lesson from Matthew are clearly connected through the theme of the baby to be born and to be named Emmanuel. These lessons are also clearly appropriate and connected to the Advent season that special season when we prepare with patience, with lit candles around our Advent wreaths, and with hope for the coming of the Christ child, the light, Emmanuel, into our world. But that epistle lesson this morning, Paul's letter to the Romans doesn't mention anything about Emmanuel, nothing about a child, nothing about light and dark or any other typical aspect of the season of Advent. It just doesn't connect at all with the other two lessons or with the Advent season. Or does it? I think it does connect. I think that it fits with the lessons in the Advent season. So let's take a closer look at those opening words to Paul's letter to the Church of Rome. The opening words. 
nothing else, it's a remarkably long and complex sentence. Yes, the lesson this morning from Paul is one sentence. For that alone, it deserves some special attention. For one thing, these opening words are a little bit unique in that unlike the introduction to his other letters, Paul doesn't give a named greeting to those to whom he is writing. Typically, he would say something like, as in 1 Corinthians, to the church of God that is in Corinth. doesn't do that. Rather, after saying that he is a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, Paul presents an elaborate summary about Jesus Christ as the Son of God and what that means to the people of the church at Rome. I would especially draw your attention to these words from Paul. The gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The gospel concerning his son. Could this gospel promise beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son? Could this be a reference, a connection to this morning's words from Isaiah? Remember, the Lord will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. As an educated Jew, Paul was surely familiar with the writing of the prophet Isaiah. So it does seem to me that it's possible he is making a connection from the writing of Isaiah to Jesus. Jesus as the Son of God, as the promised child to be named Emmanuel. For Paul, Jesus is the gospel. Jesus is the good news. Jesus as a Son of God is Emmanuel is God with us. In fact, this Isaiah connection, this child to be named Emmanuel, is the same connection that comes up in our gospel lesson from Matthew. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. The prophet Isaiah? Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel. To me, the coming of Christ as Emmanuel and Jesus Christ as God with us is one way these lessons do connect with and complement each other. From my perspective then, the long opening sentence of Paul's letter to the Romans does connect with our other two more obvious Advent season lessons. It connects around Jesus as the Son of God, the child to be named Emmanuel. But I think there's an even more important connection from Paul's letter to the other two lessons. All three lessons are not only about Emmanuel, God with us, but they are also, as Paul says, about being called by God as his followers, as apostles to the Lord. For me, while Advent is a time of preparing for the birth of the Christ child and a time of patient and solemn but joyful waiting, it's also a time to reflect upon and renew our commitment our calling as followers of God in Christ. I may be pushing it a bit too much, but I see this as another connection among our three lessons, a connection about responding to God's call and what this means to us as Christians. Ahaz, in our lesson from Isaiah, was very reluctant to seek God's guidance regarding his crisis, the crisis Ahaz was in, regarding his call. And as great as the prophet Isaiah was and is, Ahaz stubbornly refused to listen to what God, through Isaiah, was calling him to do. 
This did not stop God through Isaiah, who told Ahaz, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. I put a parenthesis in there, whether you want it or not. I guess many of us are like Ahaz, reluctant to seek God's guidance, to ask God for a sign about what to do when we're faced with a difficult choice, a difficult situation, just feeling kind of lost. But in general, we're reluctant to ask God in Christ what our call may be. If we ask, God may answer. That might be scary. Encouraging Ahaz to ask a sign of the Lord your God, Isaiah further encouraged Ahaz to ask for a powerful sign. Let it be as deep as Sheol or high as heaven. It's my belief that we do have a prophet or several prophets in our lives. While they may not be as dramatic or as powerful as Isaiah appears to be, they are the persons in our lives who lovingly challenge us to listen for and act upon God and Christ's call to us. Even though your prophet or prophets will probably not be as bold as Isaiah was with Ahaz, when it comes to listening for and responding to God and Christ's call, listen to them, hear their perspective, heed their guidance, and most especially, hear their hope for you. I do have to admit, though, that a sign as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven would be wonderful for each of us as we seek out during this Advent season the birth of Christ, the Christ child in our lives. Nevertheless, even without such a sign, we are called, as Paul said in the letter this morning, to be saints, to be saints, to live as much as possible a called life, a Christ-centered life. We did hear in this morning's gospel that Joseph did receive a strong and clear sign as to what God was calling him to do, who God was calling him to be. It's important to note, though, that even such a clear sign, an angel of the Lord appearing in a dream, even this did not make answering God's call any easier for Joseph. Remember what the gospel said about Joseph. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. The angel of God announced a change in Joseph's plans. So Joseph not only had to change his original decision, a decision that seemed to him to be the good and right thing to do and seemed to be close to his heart, but now he had to endure a new decision endure the process of living out a new calling, probably a more difficult one, because it would be contrary to the standards, norms, and values of his culture. At that point, I kind of wonder, what was Joseph thinking? It had to have been a time of difficulty and turmoil and doubt. Could he have been thinking something like, Are you sure, God? I thought I was already doing the right thing. Or, Okay, God, but you'll have to help me deal with all the negativity and social rejection and pain and fallout I will encounter. Or, God, I don't have the strength to do this. Is there no other person or other way to handle this? Perhaps, perhaps these are thoughts similar to our own when we're considering how to respond to God in Christ's call to us. 
We'll never know what Joseph was thinking. All we can know, and this is a big deal, is that Joseph did answer God's call. And I think this is what matters for us on this, the fourth Sunday in Advent. It matters that our lessons are linked by Emmanuel and that God is with us. And it matters that the same God calls us, calls us as saints of God. We may not have a designated prophet like Isaiah, and we may not encounter guiding angels in our dreams, but we do have our friends, our neighbors, and our loved ones. And we have their needs, and we have the needs of the larger community. I believe that somehow, some way, among all these different sources, these different lessons, if you will, if you look, you will find a link, a link to Emmanuel, God who is with you, a link to what God is asking of you, a link to your call. It may be a call you've already felt, a call to help with some person or group's unmet needs that you're aware of. It may be a call to change a previous decision and, and put in place a new, more difficult one. It may be a call to be more compassionate, forgiving, honest, or helpful in a personal relationship or just generally in relating to others. It may be a straightforward call, like volunteering as a Salvation Army bell ringer or a food bank helper or at some ministry here at Trinity. I don't know what you feel about your call as this Advent season draws to a close. I don't know how you feel as you wait the birth of the Christ child, Emmanuel, in your life. What I am certain about, what I do know, is that God in Christ does have a call for you. It may not come through an angel of the Lord in your dreams. It may not be as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven, but it is there. So this morning, as you come forward to receive the bread of life and the cup of salvation, know the presence of God in Christ, Emmanuel. Know in that moment that you receive that you are forgiven, loved, strengthened, and empowered. Empowered to go into the world and do the work God has called you to do. Amen. We hope you found something helpful in today's episode. Please reach out to us if you have questions about our parish or the Episcopal Church. We are online at www.trinitypocatello.org. Our mission is to weave God's unfinished tapestry, and by listening, you are part of that mission. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia.